when you focus on all of the positive things, maybe the new experiences or the people you're meeting, it helps you remember the power of travel and it helps you remember and understand why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And also, I think another thing you mentioned, I love what you said about the breaking the borders and crossing borders and the power Mm -hmm. of that is really at first you don't notice it I think that's the truth I think a lot of yeah. travelers at first <laughs> yeah. they they love you know some of the cool experiences or awesome foods that they try but then I think slowly it really catches on when you notice the just the world around you you see a lot of the prejudice the racism or the hate yeah. that goes on Hey folks welcome to our show African Nomad Podcast This is a monthly show committed in helping you rethink and redefine your idea of traveling and having adventure in your life, expanding your view, desire, interest, and pushing yourself to go out of your comfort zone. It's your boy Abdul, your host for the show. Welcome on board and let's get ready to take off. volunteering because that was something that we really experienced so much and beautifully on this organization and we also had the chance to travel some few countries i have paul cedric i also have adam and also afraid it's a long story friendship stuff like that so far all right so <laughs> who's kathleen who is cassidy <laughs> uh, i'll jump in i'm caitlin so i'm the older sister Yes, I'm oh, really? Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin's the older, I'm the younger. Interesting. Okay, so maybe a question just away from whatever you, you know about. What about, what is this, this relationship with you for all this time that you've been spanning together? Because I know you're sisters, but still sharing some kind of thing about traveling and about going around the world and seeing so many things. How is it going with you two together just making it happen? Yeah, I feel like that's a great question. And we've definitely gotten closer over our travels. I feel like before we started traveling, which was that was back in 2013. So before 2013, we were living normal lives in in Italy, in Italian school. Um, We each had our own friends. Uh, We lived, we were really close family even then. But I feel like once we started traveling in 2013 and onward, and then we started volunteering, I feel like we had a deeper connection with one another. We had something that we could connect on. We had something that we were both passionate about, especially when it came to volunteering with refugees from 2015 onward. So I feel like traveling, volunteering, having these different enriching experiences as sisters together really helped us grow and also just find this common ground that we could talk about things, that we could discuss things. And obviously, every once in a while, we do have our own little our own little spats and stuff because when you're spending so much time with somebody um, in, such <laughs> yeah. Close, yeah, in such close quarters and we're always traveling, you do eventually like, oh, I need my space. But overall, we're just we're really close. And we really do have fun connecting on those things that that we love to do together. Even doing little fun stuff is um, always great when we're doing it together. And I feel like it's definitely brought us closer. Yeah, I definitely jump in and just say like, I think the the power of experiences and this is definitely something we're passionate about the unique experiences that we were able to have together created a bond. And I think this is definitely something that's true for lots of different people, whether they're travelers or not, but being pushed outside of your comfort zone and doing crazy things, you know, and going on these crazy adventures and and being in (laughs) places you've never seen before with languages you've never heard. And I think that creates this unique relationship with these, you have these stories, you know, that no one else experienced, but you two. And so you're able to connect on something very profound. And I think that's what really creates 
created this deeper bond than than just being able to communicate about the shallow things. We've really had these experiences that have pushed us and challenged us so much that it's changed our relationships. So I think that's something very interesting is like the power of experiences. That's amazing. See, uh, for example, me, I started traveling because of, of my mom, because she was just like kind of selling stuff because I'm from Ivory Coast anyway. And I was just like, my mom is from Senegal and Mali. And then we were just going together, okay, on holidays. And then I was going on trip on bus with her and we were going to Mali. She was just sending, selling some stuff and then coming back to Ivory Coast. We were mm-hmm. staying there for some few days. I, and I was still a kid. Like I was a little guy who try to understand a little bit some few stuff about this world basically i try to connect with the fact that you started very early and traveling and also i just want to understand some few things like how did it go with you being like a early age going around the world traveling with your parents and also seeing the world i know there's so many challenges so many things that happened to you right so how did it go what was the process and um, what can you share with our beautiful nomads how everything went for you yeah for sure so I can start I'll start telling this story really just to give a bit of context for us in terms of being kids and traveling we grew up in different places pretty much our whole lives So I was born actually in the Netherlands, even though we're American. And even as very, very small children, as toddlers, we were moving around. We were in Germany. We were in the United States, in France, back and forth a few times, in Italy as well as where we really created a home base. And so when we look back at our childhood, we see that it really was about different countries and different cultures. And before we could speak, before you know, we went to school even, we were hearing different languages and seeing different places that we didn't know and having to, you know, go outside of our comfort zones. But I think the real transformational, you can say, experience happened in 2013. At the time, we were in Italian school, like Cassie mentioned, and we were ingrained into the Italian culture. We were very much Italian citizens. We spoke the language. We had friends. We knew the city of Venice, where we lived really well. And all of that changed when our parents saw other families that were leaving traditional school and traditional life to travel full time. And so that's what happened. Really, we made a last minute decision. We left our public schools, our traditional schools, and decided to learn on the road. And it was a big jump. Of course, you can imagine leaving behind as 14 and 12 year olds, your friends, <laughs> yeah. you know, think about your, your groups, where you hang out, what you do, the music you listen to, all of that was completely changed. We left everything behind. And so that was sort of how this experience went. And I would say that, like you mentioned about challenges at the beginning, it was freeing for us. And it was also challenging. There was that dilemma, you know, at the same time, we loved it. And also we missed what was back home. And so it really was hard at the beginning to get used to this lifestyle of being continuously with your siblings, you know, picture at 14 and 12 being with your siblings in one hotel room every single day for years at a time uh, can be somewhat challenging, you can imagine. Uh, But really, I think the experience overall was transformational, even though we didn't realize it at the time. Because in terms of education, there's so many stories I could tell. But in terms of education, we quickly saw the power of travel for Mm -hmm. that. 
and of learning because continuously we realized we were learning about places and cultures while we were in them versus just learning about them in a textbook. So we were in Egypt standing in front of the pyramids learning about Egyptian culture of the past versus learning about it, you know, in a test or doing a pop quiz or something. We were there in the pyramid itself. We were with the Egyptians. We were speaking the language. And that created this new learning that we never thought was possible. We started to understand the beauty of cultures and all of these different powerful lessons about ourselves as well. So I think seeing the real power of that transformed us and it helped us get over the hurdles a lot more. We always understood that the power of what we were doing was so much stronger than some of the daily challenges. Right, Cass? I think that was like the main thing. Completely. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel the exact same way, Caitlin, especially like you mentioned, also that challenge of leaving Venice was definitely a big one for us, especially for me. I was very, very happy and very comfortable with my lifestyle there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when my parents first uh, approached us with this idea, I was like, no, we cannot do this. I cannot leave my friends. And I must say, I was quite, quite grumpy the first, first couple months of our travels. I was like, no. (laughs) I just remember being like at the Eiffel Tower, like standing at this amazing museum in Spain and just being like, I secretly love this, but I don't want to show that I secretly love this because I'm trying to be pouty. <laughs> so that was kind of what I did for like the first couple months. And then like Caitlin said, all of a sudden this switch and this transformation started to occur where we started to realize, wow, this is, we're seeing the world, we're learning from the world and just starting to really appreciate the cultures, the different societies, the different people we were meeting, the different stories that we were listening to. That was this, this shift because we started to see, oh, wait a minute, if the world doesn't revolve around a around me, especially as a teenager, that was a, an amazing wake up call of just like, oh, wow, like there's other people out here and there's other stories and there's other other things that I need to experience and other ways that I can grow and other ways that I can transform. So that was definitely an enriching experience. And overall, just travel has taught us so much. And I feel like recently, just really trying to gather stories from around the world, trying to learn in depth about the cultures, about the people has been mm-hmm. such a really, a truly amazing, and extraordinary experience. And I definitely say for anybody listening that if you want to, if you're a parent or if you are a kid yourself or a teenager or a young traveler, whoever you may be, travel is like the best experience that you can give anybody. And I know you're all travelers here, but I would just say that just to really seek out the stories, really seek out the the culture, really understand where people are coming from, how their past has shaped them is truly an enriching experience. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm trying to be like a global citizen and I'm trying to be like a, somebody who's um, maybe not having, because, you know, it's not easy, for example, for anyone on this earth to really just go for whatever traveling around the world with the parents and everything. Everybody doesn't have this chance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had this mm-hmm. chance to really make it happen. And what can you tell all those people, all those nomads around us who are listening to our podcast today? What can they think about the way it takes everything that it takes to go as traveling around the world and making it up? And what are the challenges? What are the benefits that you can really have from crossing borders and borders and learning cultures and breaking barriers, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that question. Uh, I definitely feel like 
in regards to the challenges, I'd say that some of the challenges when you start to travel is not having that comfortability of a home, not having the same friends that you're used to. I say that yeah. that's always a barrier. It's like, oh, I wish my friends or I wish I wish my family could be here, whatever it may be. That those are some of the challenges. Also, sometimes the language barrier can be a little bit difficult because mm-hmm. you feel like sometimes you're not being understood and it's hard to hold a conversation sometimes. But mm-hmm. nowadays with so many advanced technologies, you can use Google Translate and all these different things to still understand somebody. But I definitely say that those were some of the challenges that you'll encounter. And overall, I feel like if you approach it with a positive mindset and say, okay, maybe I'm not in the comfortability of my home. However, I can still create a home atmosphere wherever I go. I can seek to make friends and I can try and be as like to outreach as much as I can and meet new people and understand where they're coming from. And then also in regards of language, like I said, there's other solutions there. But those are some of the challenges and also I guess some of the solutions that you can try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great, Cass. And I would also add, I think something that really helped me personally was shifting my mentality of what home was. Because I think so many of yeah. us that are comfortable in our homes, right? Like Home is your parents with you or your family or your guardians. Home is your room, your items, your pillow and things like that. But shifting your idea that home is technically wherever you are, wherever you feel comfortable. And home is that one backpack that you have or that one suitcase and that that's who you are. And I think shifting that perspective of home is wherever you are creates this space for you to feel at home in the nations that you're in. So for me, it really helped me me see that, okay, I'm in Thailand, or I'm in Cambodia, for example, I feel comfortable here. And and I'm here presently fully, though I miss my family, and I miss my house or things like that. It's that shifting of perspective that you're here for a reason, and you're fully present and you're here. And I think that helped us really see that we could connect with more people, we could really put ourselves out there in these countries, because we shifted our mentality, and we weren't thinking as much about what we left behind. And we were thinking more about what we were gaining. And so that was a really interesting dynamic that helped us because it is true when you focus on the things that you don't have, you can Mm -hmm. start to miss your house, you can start to miss everything you left behind, or you can start to notice and acknowledge the discomfort that you're feeling. But when you focus on all of the positive things, maybe the new experiences or the people you're meeting, it helps you remember the power of travel. And it helps you remember and understand why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And also, I think another thing you mentioned, I love what you said about the breaking the borders and crossing borders and the power Mm -hmm. of that is really at first you don't notice it I think that's the truth I think a lot of yeah. travelers at first <laughs> yeah. they they love you know some of the cool experiences or awesome foods that they try but then I think slowly it really catches on when you notice the just the world around you you see a lot of the prejudice the racism or the hate that goes on. And when you realize that you don't think like that anymore, because you know, the real people or, you know, you don't judge another culture, because you've been there, and you realize it's just like us, or it's just like you, those are the moments when it starts to click and you start to go, Oh, I see now the power of what I'm doing and the power of being in in a different country and seeing their point of view and understanding how they think or how they pray or how they eat. When you have those experiences, it makes you aware that there's not just one way of doing things, right? I think a lot of us, we grow up the way we grow up, we believe what we believe, and we never realize 
realized that there's so many different ways of seeing the world out there. Everyone has their different perspective and their different beliefs. And when we understand that, that's when we start to, it starts to click. Like I said, it's, you start to realize, okay, now I see why it's so important because you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and you can really understand what they're going through in their perspective. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's beautifully put, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. I have another one question about like going around the roads and then crossing borders again, as I said, about the educational level. I know it's not easy, for example, for kids and uh, not even kids, anybody to just cross borders and then see cultures and see countries and also know about people. But at the end of the day, we still need to have kind of like a knowledge, kind of like a, an education. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how did it go for you all this process when you were just traveling with your parents and after when you started um, just going by yourself um, crossing borders? Yeah. 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 If I jump in. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> so really for us, that's a great question because it took us quite a while and really our parents quite a while to find a balance between getting the right education for us, the basic things such as English, math, writing, grammar, all of those things, and learning from the world. So what really happened was we found a nice balance actually at the end within a few years between the traditional school, you can say, and the alternative education or the alternative school. And so really just to get into the nitty gritty process for any parents out there or will soon be parents that are listening is what we did in terms of education was a lot of days, for example, we would study in the morning and then have an experience in the afternoon, simply put. So we would really try and balance this idea of studying and being out there in the world because we saw that a a lot of our their foundational education was the experiences even though it sounds contradictory the experiences <laughs> yeah. of yeah the experiences of meeting people of trying new things became our education when we realized how to document and how to search for the education in it so what i mean by that is for example Let's say if we were in, let's take Mexico, right? We were studying the ancient Mayan civilization of Mexico, for example. What we would do is beforehand, before we went to a pyramid or a temple in the ruins, we would study who were the Mayans, what did they believe, what was their mythology, how was their calendar, how was their mathematics system. So if you actually break that down, we were studying mathematics, astrology, astronomy, science, history, mythology, all of these different topics that they speak about in school, but through the context of where we were. So by the time we arrived at the pyramids, for example, and then had an experience of meeting a Mayan guide or speaking Mayan or learning the language, we had gone through what you would call a lot of educational like subjects in school, but through the process in the place that we were in. So if you kind of think of that system for every single nation we've been to, it really creates this well-rounded type of education. You know what I mean? Because we were able to cover so many things and topics in a textbook, but through the context of the immersive experience and through the travel. So that was really the overall idea of our education. And I think another thing uh, that really helped us was the volunteering and giving back. That was a foundational element um, of our education. I know, Cass, if you want to share a bit about that. Yeah. So when we began volunteering, it really became an interesting, it wasn't 
supposed to be a project or something to learn for school, but it just became a passion. And from that passion, we learned so many things without even trying to think, oh, I'm going to learn this. It just became something natural because we were so passionate about the cause. And so when we started working and volunteering with refugees, Caitlin and I, we learned so many different things, such as how to found your own NGO, because we started our own organization, because we realized that there weren't many organizations around the Mediterranean, which was where we worked with refugees around Greece and Turkey. There weren't many organizations that allowed kids to volunteer with them. And at the time we were, I think it was 16, 14, and our little brother was only eight. And so we were very young. And so we founded our own organization. We learned how we could do that. We learned the whole process behind it. Then when we were volunteering with refugees from Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan, we started to realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe we should try and learn their languages. And so we started to pick up a little bit on Arabic, on Farsi. And then there was the whole aspect Oh, that's of, amazing. Yeah, yeah. We just, we just a little bit, just conversational, just so we could kind of get by. But then we started to research really how the whole process worked. Why, why were there refugees in the first place? So then we started to look into the Syrian war, the Afghan war, why these refugees were here, how we were meeting them. And then also there was the whole aspect of human rights. Because when we were volunteering with these kids, we realized, why? What, wait a minute, these kids don't have an education. It doesn't seem like they're receiving these basic human rights that seem entitled by this Declaration of Human Rights after World War II. And so we started researching human rights and what it meant to have a child have education and all the different other things that they're really entitled to. And so that experience really also provided us with a really well-rounded education. And like Caitlin said, amongst everything else with the travel and then also, also following a standard curriculum that normal American kids follow along with the travel with the volunteering it really did provide us with an amazing alternative education that can still be applied to many everyday uses to normal jobs the workplace to colleges too which is a process i'm going through right now so it's really interesting it's amazing and overall we're just really happy that we had such a well-rounded and wonderful education wow (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) i must admit that i cheated a little bit i just (laughs) checked some some stuff about you girls and then also about the fact that you were just creating your own curriculum and syllabus and then i find it so amazing that how you can really create things because you're just traveling to a country and then just understand and learn things based on whatever you already had from the normal educational system, but you Mm -hmm. created your own syllabus and made it happen during your trips, which is so amazing how it can go for teenagers to really make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Definitely. That's beautiful. But then <laughs> it, it, you, you, you just mentioned some beautiful thing about the volunteerism. Now, my big question is, how did it happen for you with this volunteerism lifestyle kind of, let's mm-hmm. say? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and start. Mm-hmm. Well, we were initially had been traveling. This was back in 2015. We were traveling. We had been in South Africa. We've been in Istanbul. Wow. And we were just Yibble. traveling. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, we love South Africa. And, um, and we were traveling and all of a sudden we saw on the news the refugee crisis was going on. And this was really at the height of it. And we really started to see all these photos and these videos of these refugee kids and families that were trying to cross from Turkey to Greece. And Mm -hmm. we saw this one photo of this little boy who had attempted to cross the sea on very flimsy boats with his family. 
Yeah. And he ended up drowning and he ended up being found on the Turkish shore. And this photo went viral all over the media. And once we saw it, we were just so heartbroken. And we just knew that we had to make a difference. We knew that we were here, we were traveling, but we had the opportunity to travel to Turkey and really help out these families with whatever we can do. And so that's exactly what we did. And we flew out within three days and we began volunteering with the refugees that were just living on the streets. It wasn't organized. There weren't many organizations that were trying to provide like shelter or anything. And if there were, they weren't in the main cities. And that's where a lot of the refugees were. They were just living on the streets, living on the sidewalks families with babies and kids and no strollers just living with everything in bags or sometimes even plastic garbage bags because they couldn't find suitcases and it was just heartbreaking and so we began handing out supplies so we gathered some essential supplies such as food or maybe even diapers for the little kids and then we also started handing out toys for the kids that just wanted to play that just wanted to be youthful that just wanted their childhood back and so seeing these kids and just feeling all of these emotions, there was happiness, but there was also extreme sadness and there was heartbreak and sorrow, but then also this beautiful joy that we got when we really interacted with these families and these kids. And we really created a feeling of friendship, just meeting these people. And we took these families out to lunch and we bought them strollers and their kids clothes and just seeing this happiness and feeling also the happiness that it brought us inside was truly miraculous. And that was initially what inspired us to found our organization called kids unite mm-hmm. for hope and that was really just our aim was just to bring have kids bring other hope to kids that were in dire situations and from there i'm sure caitlin caitlin can take it on because there's a lot more to tell <laughs> okay sure. yeah i could tell just a few stories that to us are very important to share and we feel like really inspire um, other people to also take up the opportunity to volunteer so a year later in greece we were actually working in Athens. So we landed in Athens. And at the time, there was a very big and disorganized uh, Mm -hmm. refugee camp in the port (laughs) of Athens. So if you picture where all of the ferry boats are and all of the big uh, cargo ships, just a giant port like that. And there there were living about 3,000, 4,000 families from Syria, from Iraq, from Afghanistan at the time in tents. So these people had just come from the islands. And there were a few organizations like the UNHCR and big organizations like that helping but there were still people that were just sleeping on the cement you know with babies and children there was it was very disorganized and so we arrived there and we just really wanted to help we didn't know what to do we were 17 and 15 at the time our family was there as well and we really just wanted to give back wherever we could after this experience in Turkey the year before and so we arrived and immediately we started to connect with the children they just wanted to play you know, they just wanted to yeah. have fun and laugh. And, and so we really just started to connect with them. And as soon as they realized that we were speaking English, they asked us, can you please teach us? They wanted to know the older teenagers um, that were about our ages, even down to like five-year-olds. They were like, English, English. They wanted to understand because even <laughs> then at that young age, I think they knew that in order to continued, they had to learn the languages. They were learning Turkish. They had learned Greek. They understood the power of language and communication, I think, already at that age. And so they asked us, please teach us. We want to learn. We want an education. We haven't been to school in years. Many of them, uh, even at 14 or 15, couldn't write in Arabic or in Farsi in their own languages because they had had to leave because their schools were bombed and whatnot. And so they were seeing us as this fountain of, of education, especially being students ourselves. I think it created this 
beautiful connection because they saw we were students and they wanted to learn. And so really, it, it just happened very naturally and very fast. We set up a little makeshift school in this refugee camp. So every single day we would arrive and we would buy notebooks and a few pens and just sit down with different age groups and start teaching them whatever we could. We we were obviously teachers. We were still kids ourselves, but we just decided to teach them whatever we could. So they wanted to know about football. They wanted to be able to communicate <laughs> that their favorite player was Messi or their favorite player was Ronaldo. So we taught them how to say that. We taught them things that for them were, were practical. And through this process, we created we went from about three kids in one class to about 40 kids total of different schedules and different age groups coming in and out. And in that, that was such a beautiful moment for us where we saw them really just go from being depressed and sad, of course, and fearful mm-hmm. from their situation mm-hmm. to hopeful for the future. And so much of it was them connecting with each other. And we created opportunities with other volunteers to have them sing, dance. We did dance parties. We did arts and crafts. We did things that they hadn't had in so long. They hadn't had, you know, workshops sure, and yeah. drawing classes and things like that. And it created this beautiful community where we really saw the power of youth to make a difference. We saw that you don't have to be uh, in your 30s or 40s. You don't have to be an adult with a degree to help somebody and to, to help make someone smile. And I think this is where the real message for us sunk in about the power of youth. And a lot of these children, I just want to share a few stories because I think they're really important. A lot of the teenagers were very sad. They were very depressed. And there was one boy in particular, sadly, that really just didn't see any point in living, uh, if you kind of get what I mean. He just really mm-hmm. didn't want to go on anymore. He was from Syria and he had a lot of very bad experiences. His house was bombed, his school was bombed and whatnot. And he wanted to be a doctor. That was his only thing that really kept him going. And I just remember after all of the classes and all of the moments and the sense of community that he really told us, and I know Cassie, remember this as well. Mm-hmm. He said, you know what? I think now I want to be a doctor so I can mend and fix the broken hearts of Syria. Thanks to wow. this community. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful. He's like, yeah. thanks to this, this sense of connection and purpose again, that he regained through the learning. He wanted to go become a doctor and fix the broken hearts of Syria. And so that was really a beautiful moment. And now of course he's moved on. He's going to school. I think he's graduated mm-hmm. and he's pursuing wow. <laughs> that career. So it's nice. a beautiful <laughs> story. Uh, but yeah, that was really just some moments of, of those experiences of a sense of community and the power of youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also, feel like this really proves an important message just like you said Caitlin that that youth can make a difference but it also shows that anybody can make a difference that you don't have mm-hmm. to have a, a diploma you don't have to have like an amazing uh, multi-million dollar corporation to make a difference <laughs> all these different things you can just be yourself you can show up you can just interact with people just connect on your humanity because that is something that everyone has in common and I feel like if we if we all just took this into account if we all just really took this in that that really no one is unqualified when it comes to serving humanity which is something we like to say a lot because mm-hmm. no one is unqualified qualified when it comes to helping other people, when it comes to making a difference in the world, when it comes to truly leaving a legacy behind. And I feel like that is something that if we all embodied, the world would truly change. We would start to see this major difference and this major shift in our globe because we'd all be acting on 
something that really does connect us humanity. And so I feel like it's such an important message that we can all embrace and something that's also really inspiring. But I love what you said, Caitlin. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, you know what, for example, me, I've been kind of like sharing my own experience, like teaching English. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm a Francophone, first of all. <laughs> so I, I was having a dream to really go to the US and then live my life like, you know, because I, I grew up some ways with uh, listening to some rap music and everything and I was really happy about the fact that that was a thing that I want to do um further in the future I started learning English through songs for example with Akon and also Arkeley and stuff like that and basically I I made it happen and then I had the chance to really volunteer in the American Corner which is a structure from the US Embassy back in Ivory Coast I think they have a lot of of this kind of small structures around the world Mm -hmm. but I I didn't know what was going to be my journey with that but when I started and then I had some students I would say who were just listening to me and I was just teaching them how I learned the language, how mm-hmm. I really understood things. And this whole beautiful concept of the volunteerism stuff is just amazing because you give you give so much and people may not understand what you're trying to do right now. But at the end of the day, you know what you're doing. You're mm-hmm. giving and then somehow you're receiving something back, right? Exactly. Yes. Which is amazing. I, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed my time doing this. And I think I had the chance to really teach some people around like 1000 people wow. so far. That's <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Which, yeah, which was amazing. And, but it was great. So what, what was for you to really get as any benefit? What the lesson that you learned from all this volunteerism lifestyle that you had with the refugees camp and everything? That's a great question. And I feel like what you said is so true, especially about when you give, you just feel something in return. It's not it's not something that you could have expected or something that you were you were hoping to volunteer to get that thing back. It's just something that definitely happens. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just something beautiful. And I definitely feel like if I could give any advice to somebody else and especially to my younger self, I would say that it all it all starts with love. When you're able to love other people, when you're able to really give so much so much love to another person, I can't can't describe it how how impactful it is but it truly is something that you can't see it's not something you can comprehend it's not something that is perfectly visible or perfect that you can explain in in science it's just something that happens when you give love to another person when you really just love on somebody especially for kids for the kids we worked for i remember there's this one this one little girl and she was very traumatized she was only 3 years old and she had nine other siblings and she had been in refugee camps she had been traveling her entire life she hadn't known a real home she had grown up as a refugee and she was just really traumatized really sad she had almost no emotion in her and she could barely walk, she could barely eat. And this little girl, her sisters would have to carry her around. And this was just recently about... Yeah, it was crazy. It just was just last year. And we live above a refugee center now nowadays in Athens when we're when we're not traveling, we're in Greece volunteering with these kids. And she would come every day to this little youth center that we lived above for refugees. And every day I made it my goal to really give love to this little girl. So I would just spend all day with her, just holding her, like playing with her, even though she was showing that she it was almost like she couldn't hear me or anything, but I would just 
hug her every day. I would just be there for her. I would try and feed her snacks, anything. And over time, it was about two months, there was a complete shift in this little girl. She started singing. She started laughing. It was amazing. This one day I took her out to the park and she was running around talking and she was giving me little little flowers and saying here's this it's like a gift for you a gift for you and i didn't even know she could speak and so it was just such an amazing revelation and she would just come up and hug us and she started getting so comfortable around other volunteers too and it was truly amazing because it was just the only thing that had changed the only factor the only variable that had differed from that first time that i met her was just everyone just giving her so much love. And so that was amazing to see because it really showed us the power of love and the power of when you focus on somebody, when you give them that attention, when you give them that that love that they really crave, that affection. And so that was the biggest example for me. And if I had to give any advice to my younger <laughs> self, it would just be give love unconditionally because it is such an amazing gift. Yeah. So that would be it. <laughs> that was beautiful, Cass. Yeah. I, I got emotional even though I was there watching that. <laughs> wow, cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would just love to share uh, really for me the biggest lesson with the giving in terms of just being there for people is it really does, in my opinion, it almost translates transforms the giver more than the receiver. Mm-hmm. The volunteering, like you said as well, it really creates something in you where you realize that some, I, how do I put it, Cass? It's really, there are no words to describe mm-hmm. it, but it's a sense yeah. of purpose, I think. <laughs> yes, It really is yeah. a sense of purpose <laughs> that you realize how giving to others, sharing with others, being there for other people can create a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging and community. And I think for me personally, as well, another lesson that I learned was the power of that we're all one family, that we are, that we can be global citizens. For me, that was a lesson, if I'd love to share a story of a moment during Ramadan in the refugee camp. So Ramadan is the holy month for Muslims where they fast during the daylight. And so every night after the sun goes down, there's a big meal, there's a big celebration. And for these families, they couldn't celebrate the way that they usually do because they were living in tents. They only had handout food from the government, which was like sandwiches or pieces of bread, very basic meals versus what they usually would cook at home in Syria. And so this one night, they invited us to come and celebrate with them, which was a great honor. So we were sitting with quite a few families and we were all in a big circle. And it was just this moment of pure celebration and community and such destruction and such isolation and sadness. It was this sense of joy, right, that they hadn't had in so long. And I just remember they were all sitting around together on this carpet that they had. It was a UNHCR blanket, but they made it into a carpet. And we were all sitting around in a circle and eating and there was tea bubbling and the sun was going down. And it was just this perfect, almost movie moment, you could say, in such a a strange place for this to happen. And they were telling stories about Syria and they were laughing. And I almost could see that that joy come back for a moment, that spark in their eyes, you know? And, And for me, that was really this powerful, moment where I realized that I broke the barriers. I realized we weren't, you know, like Christian or Muslim and Syrian to American, or we were just family. We were, we were brothers and sisters and, and like the women were like our aunties and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the kids were our cousins, you know, and it created this beautiful sense of family. And to metaphorically speaking, I could almost see the cultural barriers break down right there, you know, before my eyes, like, because it was this feeling of love, like Cassie mentioned, 
within me for people that were halfway across the planet that I would have never known otherwise. And now I, I felt like they were family. So it really taught me the, the power of global citizenship, the power mm-hmm. of the fact that we are one family, even though we look different, we pray differently, we speak differently. We really are all the same. We, we just want to live out our lives to the fullest. We want to be happy, all of us. We want to have a sense of purpose. And I think these are things that really tie us together, that bring us together no matter our differences. And so, yeah, this was that was probably the biggest lesson that, that I learned while there. Wow, that's, that's amazing. You know what? I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of whatever you already achieved in your life and super young at this age and then really achieving so much. I know there's no age limit for whatever like you want to try to achieve in life so far but it's just like beautiful the way that you really experience so many things in life and then you had the chance to see so many cultures you have the chance to really broaden your mindset and then really make yourself like a global citizen right now and then be be kind of a change agent kind of i would say <laughs> so um basically i want right now I, is like can you share some of the thing that you can tell our beautiful nomads okay how they can do to become a change agent or just like you yeah certainly I feel like uh, we've actually talked about this a lot. This is something that Caitlin and I really like to talk mm-hmm. about, especially when it comes to youth, because we like to say that yeah. we, have to, we have to take it into our own hands. We have to take our future mm-hmm. into our own hands if we want to see a difference being made, if we want to have a beautiful world for our children and our grandchildren. And so definitely, I would say when it comes to being a change maker, I think, first of all, you need to understand there's both like the emotional growth and then also the like the per- the things that you have to do, like finding a cause, an organization, these type of things. But I feel like, first of all, you need to shift your mindset to one of global citizenship. You need to shift your mindset to realize that the whole world as a whole, we're connected, that we are one, that if we make a difference in one place, it's also going to have a positive impact on somebody else. Or if we help somebody else in their lives, that they're going to in turn help someone else. And it just becomes this ripple effect of change. And I definitely feel like, first of all, the really important step is that shift to understanding that we are that one family. And another advice that I would definitely give if you want to start your change agent path, it would definitely be to find something that you're passionate about. Because yeah. you know, sometimes like we can feel, oh, I'm passionate about this. I, I like, I like, you know, helping climate change or these type of things. But I definitely say finding something that is unique to you, finding something that you're truly, truly passionate about and that you want to help make a difference in is truly beautiful because then it inspires you to wake up every day with this renewed sense of purpose. And that's how it was for us with the refugee crisis was just we found this passion, we found this cause that we were truly, truly inspired to make a difference within. And so that would definitely be my advice. And also, I would say, um, within that, you can also use your own talents to make that change. Just like you were saying how you use your passion for rap and for music to learn English. That's exactly how it is. You can make a difference through music, you can make a difference through dance, or perhaps through whatever, through whatever medium or hobby that you enjoy, because you can do that, whether it's making a song about wanting to to change the world or how we need to change a certain thing whatever it may be you can use that niche to make a difference within your own cause within that own passion of yours great tips Cass I love those I was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah right (laughs) 
Yeah, I would definitely, I love all everything you said and I completely agree. And I think another thing that I would love to share with every single listener right now is that you can start right where you're at. You can start right here, right now, today, because being a change maker, being a change agent isn't about owning, like Cassie said, a big organization or about having hundreds of volunteers below you or speaking at the UN. It really is about daily actions. And I think once we really understand that, we feel powerful, we feel ready to go. So even sharing posts on social media about causes that you're passionate about is important or speaking about different topics with your family. And even also for everyone right now, just looking within and understanding maybe your own biases, your own prejudices towards other people, your own viewpoints of the world, because it it really does start with mindset. It's about what's in our hearts and what's in our souls. And so I'd say the first thing is to really look within, like Cassie said about mindset and see how you perceive the world and what were you taught and what were some of those beliefs that may not be accurate, right, about other people in other countries. And second, yeah, I would say, start right now. Look at social media. I think for everyone in lockdown and for everyone uh, that can't necessarily travel, start through your phone. That's like they say in Mind Valley, it's a portal of love, they call it. And you really can spread love. You can spread kindness and positivity through social media, even by calling people you know, by speaking to friends. That's being a change maker as well. So you can start right now. Yeah, sure. That's... um. Beautiful, um, the way you just put it and, uh, really thank you so much for that. Actually, you know what? Time is just going so fast, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, okay, we just started the conversation and then poof, it's just gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> but when, when it's just like a nice conversation, uh, mostly, uh, about the thing that really touches our heart because I had the chance to really be part of making changes so far. And then, for example, as I said, I'm from a Francophone country. And then knowing that I help some people so far learning the language, the English language, and that also helping them to have some more opportunities and which was so great. And I'm really thankful for sharing all these lessons that you learned through all your, your trips and all your, your experiences, your adventures that you had so far in your, in your life. And still, I think you have more to share. Uh, on the future adventures, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Oh yes. What are what what are the future next up uh, steps that you want to go for? Ooh, great question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Crazy question, question, right? Yes. Um, so. I I guess I can share a little bit about my personal journey in the future is I think for me is to really focus on two things, which are sharing about global citizenship more, teaching other people how to be global citizens and to really transmit that as well for me through my writing. I am an avid writer. So to really inspire people. Amazing book, by the way, though. Ah, thank you. Yes. Sparks of Wisdom is the first one, but there's many more to come. So that's probably my my journey for the future. Yeah. Mine's a little bit different from that. Um, my plan is actually to go to university and I hope okay. to study film. Which, which I, university? Uh, I have so many that I'm interested in. Many universities. <laughs> okay. Okay. No problem. Yes, yeah. There's so many, but I really just want to study both different aspects of film and media and then also human rights and possibly international relations or something along those lines so that I can really 
tell the stories of people around the world, tell the stories also of issues that need to be covered, issues that need to be talked about, and the issues that need to be really have a change within them. And so that is my goal. And that is what I hope to do through film. And I also hope to just learn about the different more about the different cultures, and also how we can make a difference from even possibly a higher level. And yeah. so that's my goal. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. All right. So uh, why is this going so fast? Like, I really I want to talk more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but definitely, I just want to come back on who you are, basically, and both of you. So let's say, for example, Kathleen is a 21-year-old explorer, mm-hmm. four-time author, speaker, curriculum designer, advocate, and global citizen. Ooh, okay, she's yeah. the author <laughs> of Parks of Wisdom, a book about the power of growth through experience and lessons you learn when you travel. Cassidy is a humanitarian, a climate change activist, an environmental conventionist, a feminist and global citizen and an advocate for refugees. She's passionate about writing, volunteering, photography, and filmmaking, where she's going to go for the university, actually, (laughs) and hopes to spread awareness about the refugees crisis and share her adventures around the world through her inspirational work. You created so many organizations. I would quote, for example, one I think the for me is amazing, Kids Unit for Hope. Can you tell us a little bit about this one? Sure, 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 sure. So Kids Unite for Hope is an organization that we created mainly for the refugee crisis, but also just to inspire kids around the world to begin making a difference in their communities. It's all about mm-hmm. uniting with our same, our same under our youth, because that is something that all kids have in common, regardless of which country they're from, what language they speak, or which religion that they have that they are a part of. And so I really yeah. think that Kids Unite for Hope is such a, a powerful organization because it is just about embracing that, the power of youth to make a difference in the world, which is a message that I definitely feel like many people in Gen Z are very passionate about because we know that we are on a timer to make a difference in our world and that we have to begin creating that change here and now. And so that's ultimately what Kids Unite for Hope is is about, is just really inspiring other youth coming together and making a difference. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you. (laughs) That's lovely. And also, you also created somehow a Humanity Up Yes, that's another organization that we founded with some some friends of ours. And that's also just about, that's mainly about uniting youth into a community and a network to help them make a difference in the world in their own communities. Because we believe that to truly make a difference, you have to, first of all, start in each of in each and every country. So by one person starting in another country and another person over here, that is how mm-hmm. we make a change because we have to work together um, across all different communities, across all different cities and countries to truly make that change. Wow. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm so sad that we are just at the end of our beautiful podcast. But what I want from you right now, maybe you can tell us about your future project, the project you're running right now, or how we can connect with you, how our beautiful nomad can connect with you. Can you just share about this? Right. For sure. Yeah. So at the moment, for anyone listening, if you would love to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram, both of us, and you can go to changemakerodyssey.com. 
Mm-hmm. That is our current project. Um, so there you can find all of the information about us. We It's a learning platform for you to learn how to be a global citizen, how to be a change maker, uh, how to learn from the world as well. So it's everything that we've spoken about in one location. Uh, so that's where all of our books are, all of our courses, as well as all of the information on our charitable products, our humanitarian, I mean, um, projects and humanitarian projects, sorry. So there you can Uh connect with us and reach out if you want to help with volunteering or helping with refugees. It's all there in one location. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Somebody just want to say something? (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 So please go to Changemaker Odyssey if you want to find us. That's um, that's our current project. And we're really passionate about that because mm-hmm. it unites mm-hmm. all, of our, all of our different projects into one. And mm-hmm. it really just captures what we believe or what we want to achieve in the world. So please check that out. Oh, uh, that's great. That's great. No. Which part of Africa have you been yes. apart from South Africa? and Air- Yes. Africa? So we actually have only been, uh, sadly, to uh, we've been to Morocco, Tunisia, Egypt, and then South Africa. Mm-hmm. However, this year, um, in about, I think, the fall, we're going to be doing, uh, hopefully, Tanzania, Kenya, Mozambique, Botswana. Well, the eastern side, yeah. In the yes. eastern side, yes, yeah. for the moment. Uh, we would love to visit every single country, to be honest with you. Um, That's amazing. I've always, yeah, I've always wanted to visit I'm a Ghana. Big fan. I'm a big so. fan. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we would love to come visit you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, come to Ivory Coast and yes. Togo, please. Yes. For sure, we would love to. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for really sharing all these beautiful inputs about your trips, your experience, the lesson you learned through all these adventures and being a global citizen, being a volunteer, giving back to the people and also receiving back somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really as I said, we're really big fans and thank you so much for really trusting us and coming on our show today. It was a really, really nice discussion, right? Thank you. Yes. Thank Thank you you so much for having us. (laughs) Yes, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome all the time. Thank you so much. Hey, my dear Nomad, hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Please visit our website for more stories and experiences and adventures. And also please leave a comment or a review. That could be grateful. We love you. Take care of yourself and see you on the next episode of African Nomad Podcast.